This is 4L with Ryan O'Neill and Rebecca DeCoster. Hey, I think we're back. Guess who's back? Back again. I, Ryan, I had the hardest time getting you to come back and do this. Why were you so recalcitrant? (laughs) I've been busy. Have you? How many times have you been to Disney since the last episode that we recorded in what, October? Is that really the last episode? Yes. Only once. Are you sure? Yeah. Only once. Are if we count Disney parks and cruises, is it still only once? Still only one. <laughs> Although it's rather cold out today, and I wouldn't mind hopping down there now, but we have important not, things to talk about. We don't actually have anything important to talk about. And I, I think that's frankly been the problem. I feel like there's just been sort of a lull in, you know interesting topics like 2022 just kept like giving and giving like we churned nine episodes off of the johnny depp amber heard trial (laughs) nine's an exaggeration but not by much no it was close i think it was four i think it was four but and we but we skipped an entire celebrity divorce we just never talked about tom brady and giselle bunchen but that's probably good for them like right it's low drama so for those people who live under the, a rock, and I can't imagine anyone who listens to this would be included in that, Giselle Bunchen, former supermodel, current, like how would we categorize? I don't know. You know that I detest both of these people, not as humans, but as celebrities. So I just, I don't, I'm not going to be real glass half full with this whole thing. All right. Giselle Bunchen, supermodel, Tom Brady, the greatest quarterback ever to play football. Oh, God. And graduate from my alma mater. So, you know, I don't agree with how you feel about TB12. If if this were on video, you would be able to see the whites of my eyes by how hard I am rolling my eyes right now. There's only one person who's going to listen to this who I think will rival your disgust for Tom Brady. It's Schmacy. Schmacy. (laughs) But in any event, uh, Tom Brady and Giselle Bündchen married, I don't know, a number of years ago. I think they had two or three kids. Um, Yeah, who's keeping track? 2009. I think they had two kids. He had another child from a previous relationship. I think he's got three kids total. I would like to correct the record on that. He got somebody pregnant, left her hooked up with Giselle before uh, he didn't like the earth had not cooled and she found out she was pregnant with his kid after he'd already moved on to Giselle. It was Bridget Moynihan. Okay. So like that's first of all, whatever with the football playing. Secondly, like you are such a narcissist that you can't stand to be alone for more than two seconds. You're not even apart from your last girlfriend long enough for her to know she's missed a period. Like I can't, but whatever. Yeah. Listen, I mean, glass house, I'm not going to throw rocks at people, right? Things happen. (laughs) So anyway, they get married in 2009. Is that when they got married? Yes. 
two kids? Oh no, I'm not. <laughs> it seems like two. Okay, two-ish children. Um, and then you know, it, it was really weird this past off season because it was reported by ESPN that Tom Brady was going to retire. They broke that news before Tom announced it, and then. Tom came out and said, I haven't decided on whether I'm retiring or not. And then came out and said, yep, I am retiring. And then he came back and was like, nah, I'm going to play one more season. And everyone was like, well, that's a little strange, but like, whatever, change of heart. You know, Jordan came back twice after he retired. So whatever. Then during training camp, Brady takes like a two week leave. Approximately right? Takes a two week break from training camp, not something that he had normally done. And they sort of say, oh, he's got some personal stuff that he's dealing with. Right. And understandably, like nobody really pokes around at it. You know, there's guesses and speculation as to what it could be, but nobody's really doing any diligence and digging. And then returns to training camp, doesn't really provide any sort of update other than like I had to deal with some family stuff. Season starts. Bucks were really shaky all year. Like it wasn't a great start. Um, and then it comes out that Tom and Bray, Tom and Giselle are divorcing, but not just divorcing. Basically, we are filing for divorce and we are done. There will right. there will be no trial. No motions will be filed in this matter. We've set everything up, which, which... probably explains what the two week break in the middle of training camp was. Probably. But I, here's the thing. I've just, I think, made it very clear that I, there's no love lost for me with either of these two people, but completely applaud the way that they handled that for a variety of reasons, not just because it kept the publicity tamped down and all the gossip mills tamped down to the extent that you can when you are as well known as these two people, but like so much less trauma for their kids and for them to do whatever they did, whether it was collaborative. So like we have an agreement and it was done through a collaborative process and we're already decided. So we're filing and immediately entering our judgment um, or whether it was that they arbitrated it privately. And that was part of their prenup agreement and now we have the arbitration decision. So now we have a judgment and we're filing and immediately entering our judgment. Either way, like way better than the mess that would have ensued had they filed and then fought about it in court for a year, trying to get it all taken care of. So kudos to them on that. So, and just in preparing for this, I was reading certain news articles and reports page six no oh wait no it was mediaite but it referenced page six <laughs> yes perfect <laughs> um parties have been married 13 years it was amicable they did what a lot of celebrities do where they released the joint statements after they had filed for divorce the difference though to me in this case is they released the statements but then actually didn't go back on it right and you you we've we've documented and we've talked about a number of celebrity divorces largely because they're no newsworthy also because they tend to get the most viewers <laughs> from our <laughs> podcast <clears throat> but 
there hasn't been the you know we're gonna remain friends and do this together and then all of a sudden like somebody is sleeping with pete davidson right sure pete davidson is sleeping with all the divorcees right now um then we've talked about those cases right we talked about brody was it brody miller and the kardashian west divorce and we've, we've talked about a number of them and how they always start out on that we're gonna do the right thing for our children and we're gonna respect one another and then that line doesn't necessarily hold much water. Well, because it wasn't right? written by them. It was written well, by no. their publicist. <laughs> and I'm sure Giselle and Tom's wasn't written by them either. But, right. you know, the most that I've gotten out of trying to read about their divorce judgment, and this is the most I've found, it is believed Brady will keep the $17 million mansion currently under construction on the billionaire's bunker, Indian Creek Island in Miami. Um, which is that weird because I'm crazy. also building a home on the billionaire bunkers island. So I'm not, I should find out if he's going to be living next to me or not. They brought the property either... in 2020 and demolished it. That's the most like, I don't know who's got the kids. I don't know what kind of support they're paying. I do know that there was, and many people referenced it, a pretty um, thorough prenuptial agreement before they married. That obviously moved things along, but we don't know anything else. And and that's a good thing. Yep. Right? Yeah. In, well, in and- a day and age where people with far less notoriety than Giselle and Tom Brady want to plaster on social media the terms of their divorce judgment or various court orders, um, <laughs> the, these two have done a remarkable job of keeping the details of this very quiet. Agreed. Um. And I think the only speculation about the cause was the unretirement. Like maybe she wasn't happy with the unretirement. So but... here's where I'm going to go full fanboy and speculate away. Okay. I'm going to theorize that the that the that the divorce was looming or on the horizon and known to both when he announced he was coming back. I think that's probably true. That's probably but, but there's a lot of people who say, well, the reports that came out early on was that Giselle felt like she gave up, you know, prime years of modeling, that she wanted to return to that industry, but she gave up that so that she could stay with her kids while he pursued his dream. And now it was sort of like, okay, dad's gonna take over and and I'm going back to, you know, modeling in the fashion industry. And then he said. JK, I'm going back to the Buccaneers for another year. And that's what caused the divorce. I I just don't think that's you're not buying just, it. No. No, I I I I can't imagine him. And again, I get that I probably put him on a pedestal. You do. Um, <laughs> what there's no probably. <laughs> Come on. I just can't imagine that he, knowing that that was what their plan was, said, I'm going to risk my marriage and, and the lifestyle of my children so I can go dog it out for an eight and nine season with the Buccaneers. It yeah. just seems. Unlikely. Right. And and well, even coming into the year, I mean, there were not a lot of people who were, I mean, Tampa Bay was picked maybe to be one of the better teams in the NFC and they under achieved in that regard their only saving grace was they played in the nfc south which is garbage um 
but it's not like he came back to the season where the you know experts are saying, oh, Tampa's got a team that's going to make a run for a Lombardi trophy. So you're throwing away your marriage for that? I don't buy it. I don't, I've been trying really hard to listen to all the words you're saying, and I know what all the words are, but it really is like the peanuts teacher to me. <laughs> you don't want to break down the interdivisional uh, rivalries in the NFC South? I don't even know what you're saying right now. I Tom's really know. historic struggles against the New Orleans Saints? No, I, I just think he, I feel like the decision had been made between the two of them. And I also will say, the evidence of that is the expediency with which they went from we are divorcing to our divorce judgment is finalized. That would have taken a lot of time given the pieces and the assets that are in play here for that to have been something that happened between him announcing his retirement and his returning. Do you know why? Do you know why they were able to do that? Why? Because they were playing chess, not checkers, man. That's why. That is your theme for 2023. That's my 2023 theme. My 2022 theme, I cannot repeat on this podcast. Right. But the 2023 theme is chestnut checkers. So like strategically think, and I- Wait, hold I, on. Was the 2022 theme- Oh, your audio is gone. What just happened? Is that what it was? It was- you know what it was it was expletive deleted around and you you, you, you killed the joke the joke was the audience was going to be left wondering what it was i okay <sighs> i'm sorry you should have had a static button we're not that tech savvy here <laughs> we record this on zoom and i put it on iMovie and we we, we send it out <laughs> We don't have the resources and probably aren't getting them anytime soon. So we're not getting them anytime soon. We're not. No, we're getting no resources. It's all out of pocket. Right. You know, which means this podcast is probably on life support, but that's another topic for another day. Well, that's why it took me from October until January to get you in the chair. Right. It wasn't because I was sitting in Disney World or Orlando. No, you were pouting. I was pouting a bit. Um. So anyways, I, I, I just, I know there's a lot of people that like, it's probably the same people feel the way about him that I do like the Mannings. Like I just have Manning brother fatigue, all of them. And I don't. Oh, see, and I don't mind the Mannings at all. No, no. I, I've got some, some beef and some history with the Mannings and. Uh, like personally. No, I'm projecting things that have happened to other alums of my school involving the Mannings, and I'm like making it personal to me. So that's my beat. So um, it's some sort of altercation or problem between the Mannings and someone you don't know that you've never met and you weren't involved in the altercation. I, I mean, we've had some Twitter dialogue, the other individual and I, and I mean, I might categorize us as friends. I don't know that he would, but yes. Do you, can, do you, can you tell the story? Now I'm intrigued. You've actually piqued my interest, which is There shocking. is no way anyone is still listening to this podcast at this point. <laughs> you can say whatever you want and no one will ever know. <laughs> uh, so back to Brady and Giselle. Again, nobody is listening to this at this point. No, 
But so here's the plan for 2023, Ryan, okay. and the four episodes that we're going to record because you have you've now gotten the bad news that, that we're not going to retire off of the money we make on this podcast because we don't make any and we are not allowed to. The plan for 2023 is with chestnut checkers, like thinking ahead so that you don't screw yourself over. Right. Like think through the consequences of what your plan is for litigation so you don't screw yourself over. Very similar to what Judge Brennan was saying in the last episode, I think, about what do you want your closing statement at trial to be and plan out how you're going to put in all those proofs, like work your way backwards so that you make sure that you've gotten everything in. Like think about, think through the consequences of your litigation strategy, because it might come back and bite you in the ass if you aren't, if you're playing checkers. Well, and that's a good microcosm of it, right? When you're working through the hearing, I, the problem is, and I think one of the things that we talked about addressing this year on the podcast is you have to take a global, you know, sort of 35,000 view approach of your entire case, right? And it doesn't matter if we're talking about a domestic case or commercial litigation or criminal defense, you know, we we address all sorts of types of, of legal matters on this podcast. And, and too many times the mistakes that we see made is something that seems like a good idea or something that might get you or your client some short-term gratification ends up being costly to you in the end. Have the perfect example. Fire the away. Perfect example. Okay. So let's say that parties are divorced, um, have multiple children together. One of the children leaves the home of the custodial parent and goes and lives with the third party. Right. So parent who is sort of obsessed with the fact that they pay child support goes to an attorney says, I want you to do something about the child support on this case, because now this kid is living with a third party. So attorney promptly files a motion to lower the child support because now we have one of the kids who's not living in the custodial parents home anymore. Well, I mean, if, if dad's entire goal is to make sure that mom feels the hurt because kids not living in her house anymore, it's going to happen. But what they did because they played checkers and not chess is didn't realize that what the ultimate result of that motion would be, would be not only is mom going to have an increased child support obligation where she didn't have one before. So she's going to have a new child support obligation. But dad's child support obligation is also going to increase because the way the child support formula works is when I've got a, a kiddo who's outside of the house, now both parents have a child support obligation to that third party. And still the child support obligation between each other for the kids that remain in the home of the custodial parent. So all, and I said exactly what I just said to you when the motion was filed and no one would listen to me and exactly what I said was going to happen happened. And despite numerous warnings, they persisted, not like Ruth Bader Ginsburg, because she persisted smartly. They persisted checkerly. 
So like, (laughs) and, and at the end, you can feel free to make that like a verb if you want. Like anybody Checkerly. listening out there, opposing counsel Wouldn't does that something be an adverb? like you're like, God, what a checkered move that was. <laughs> that would be an adverb. That was chick. But... Yeah. So anyway, the attorney, yeah. the, the client's pissed and the attorney gets fired and then they, a new attorney has to try and unring the bell. Right. Right, Chestnut because checkers, because man. we were we were looking for that instant gratification and that yep. gotcha moment where I'm gonna make the other person feel the pain, and didn't walk through what was going to happen on the other side or what could happen, and I think that's a problem that we see so many times in the domestic realm is everybody is so convinced that what they argue is going to be seen as factually accurate or like is going to be validated as being like the truth that they don't think about what the alternative allegations and the alternative arguments are going to be. And that those may be received more favorably by the court than their own arguments. I don't know. I always, whenever I was making an argument, I, in my head, I was always trying to say, all right, what are they going to counter with? What is the what is the response to this going to be? What what other types of allegations can they make? Right? It's the same reason you asked your client at the very beginning when you meet with them. Give me all the facts, right? I don't want to be in court with my pants around my ankles. Well, and I think more to the point, like not just your version of the facts, what are the worst things that the other side is going to say? Right. Whether you think they're true or not, what are the worst things that they're going to say? Let's be prepared to hear them encounter them the best that we can or take the gas out of it by putting it in our initial pleading or our initial motion instead of waiting for their response because it's a lot more effective to file a motion to for example change parenting time because um like you haven't seen the kids it's been a while it and you don't give any explanation and then the response is well, the reason they haven't seen the kids is because they've been in rehab, in and out of rehab for the last year. And that's why they haven't seen the kids. It's a lot more effective for you to put in your motion. I would like to resume some parenting time and work toward normalization. I have been absent because I've had a substance abuse issue that I have been addressing. I have now been sober for X amount of days or months or years and would like to work toward normalizing my parenting relationship. I'd rather have it in the motion than see it in the response because you can bet that the other side's going to bring it up. So why wouldn't you mention it? Like, I feel like I keep repeating myself on this podcast, but it's it's the same principles, right? Same thing with a piece of evidence. Like, what are going to be the objections to this? How am I going to respond? Like, when I get the inevitable hearsay objection what is my response what are the exceptions is it even hearsay what are the exceptions to the hearsay rule like think it through that's all i'm saying chestnut checkers chestnut checkers all right this has been exhausting so we should call it right now i gotta ease myself back into these but we'll do more i've got you know there's been some stuff that's come down recently that i think is going to be worth discussing and we'll 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 get back on track 
I told you initially we were just going to call it like a holiday break, but we're like into the end of January now and it's holidays have long been over. So I told someone it was like literally all the holidays, like Halloween, Veterans Day, Thanksgiving, Hanukkah, Christmas, Kwanzaa, New Year's, Three Kings Day. And by the time this comes out, we'll have passed Chinese New Year. So it's all of the holidays. No, we honor and we celebrate them all. And um, (laughs) I'll have to give some thought how much I want to celebrate Valentine's Day. And if I don't, you know, maybe we'll post it by then. Let's try, let's aim for posting it before Valentine's Day. Okay. Please. We can do that. Okay. 